I'm Anna Marie Cox, and did did an AI write this movie, Dan? <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel Dresner, and Anna, I think Gareth Edwards and Chris Weitz would respond to your query with, "Please make love to yourself and then to your mother." <laughs> Welcome to Space the Nation, where we look at science fiction through the lens of negative control theory and the multiple principle problem. Today, we'll be talking about The Creator, which is available. Dan, where is this available? It's available at something called a movie theater, Anna. <laughs> now, a movie theater is a place where you go somewhere else and watch what you would otherwise maybe watch on your phone, but on a really big screen. It's like, it's and- like twice the size of your phone. Like. Yeah, it's, it's at least twice as <laughs> at least twice as large as your phone. Also, a bonus: they sell food that you can eat there. It's wildly overpriced, but for some reason, there are certain things that you can eat in that movie theater where you know it just it tastes better there. I, but I Dan, I understand yeah. other people are also in the theater. That is correct. Although, actually, there were not that many people in the theater. <laughs> I was watching this film. So, should we get out of the know. way that people should go see this in a theater? Yeah, I. Let's put it this way. You will be better off having seen the film. It is worth the money to actually, and the time to actually go into a movie theater and watch this. Because if you wait for it to go, you know, come on demand or a streaming service, it's not going to be as fun. Yeah. That would be the way I would put it. Yeah. And we already had problems with it. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got, we're going we're gonna to rip this film. Well, like, a I, little oh, bit. no, 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 yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. I, 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 okay. But we're going to nitpick this film. We're going to nitpick this film. <laughs> it, although it's also true, if I had not seen it in the theater, I wonder if the problems I had with it would bother me a lot more. Probably, hmm. I'm thinking. We will talk about that. All right. But what are we going to be talking about like in our subsequent episodes? Well, we're going to be doing a really cool cannon fodder episode, Dan. Mm-hmm. The original cannon fodder. Frankenstein. Yes. Not and by the way, just to be clear, not a movie Frankenstein, not nope. James Whale's version, definitely not Kenneth Branagh's version. We're talking about the Mary Shelley novel Frankenstein, which makes this the oldest intellectual property we will be doing. On yeah, Space and we could yeah. read it just on anything because it's yep. not owned by anybody anymore. Like we oh, just print it yes. out and yes. read it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then, sort of opposite of that, we're doing something very new. No one mm-hmm. will save you, which is something that the Discord brought up, and then you also brought up. So, yep, mm-hmm. we decided that seems like a confluence of bringing things up. Mm-hmm. So we'll do it, and yep. we have lots of fun things planned. Even though our most fun thing still isn't happening, which is we are going to do. We're going to revert to being a recap show for Andor. And right. that's no longer happening. So Well, it's going to happen. It's just not happening until the second season of Andor comes out, which apparently right. is not going to be until 2024. Right. Uh, but, uh, but, 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 Dan, 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 the yes, writer's strike is over. So we can start, there'll be, there'll be new things to talk about. That's true. We're very happy about that. Yes. But we have a lot coming, you know, planned out. And uh, if you haven't yet, please consider becoming a patron. Our Patreon page is patreon.com slash space the nation. <laughs> I knew you'd get there, Dan. I knew you'd get there. <laughs> also, a great way to support the show that costs you nothing. Rate and review it. Tell your friends and neighbors. You know, just generally create the, the, the what the I buzz. what I hear the, yes, that's the industry lingo. We want the buzz about it. Yes. Blue sky it. There we go. Skeet there. it. Yes. Skeet it. <laughs> and also, speaking of supporting the show, yeah. If you are not a patron, you may have noticed <laughs> that your episodes now contain ads. Or, That's right. 
We have advertising. Yeah. There, there is We're, capitalism in this podcast, Dan. Absolutely, Anna. Yeah. <laughs> are you, I was going to ask, are you happy? Are you happy, Dan? Are you happy? You know, in the words of Emperor Palpatine, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen, Anna, on this point. Yes. <laughs> you know, the best way to stick it to capitalism, if that's something <laughs> that you care about, dear listener, is, to not hear ads is to support mm-hmm. our labor directly by becoming mm-hmm. a patron. As Dan said, patreon.com or uh, wait. Can I do it as Dan said it, which is Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Space the Nation. Patrons get episodes on Friday rather than Monday. So you have the whole weekend mm-hmm. to relax and listen to it. And Dan, what else do you have anything to add about our, our venture into capitalism? I think if there's one thing that both proponents and critics of capitalism can agree on, it is the virtues of eliminating the middleman. So I will say if you become a patron, you get to pay us directly and don't have to listen to the man trying to make you pay indirectly. So yeah, I think, frankly, that's reminded, a win-win. You don't have to be reminded yeah. of the emptiness in your soul that capitalism is trying to sell you things to fill. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, how are you? I'm doing well, Anna. After a week in which it was ridiculously cold for September, it is now back up to 70 around here. So it looks like it's going to be a, hopefully a pleasant fall. How are you, Anna? Well, Dan, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the weather. Because I have, Ooh, I have okay. really big news, which is I left my home. Mm. I left my home to go to beyond a place going to the theater where there were other people that I had to talk to. I went. To you a, did this to be clear voluntarily. voluntarily You're not blinking, and, yes, listeners. Anna is yes. not blinking an SOS to me, so this is very promising. I, Good. I did it. No, no gun to my head. It was a mm-hmm. Austin knitting meetup, Dan. Oh my God! Wow, that is hardcore, Anna. Yeah, and it it, <laughs> it went about how I thought it would. If you had asked me before, I had a good time. Um, there, there was healthy snacks. <laughs> a couple of things are funny. So it was kind of crunchy, folks, as you, you might ex- mm-hmm. expect. One thing that happened that was funny is we were talking about stuff and someone mentioned they had a pickup. And I was like, oh, you have a pickup because I have some stuff that I need to move. And like other people were like, oh, like three people were like, oh, I have a pickup. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, I mentioned missing the football game and people were like, oh, what is fantasy football? So that also I felt like it's Austin, Texas, right? So they, I they guess. have, they have wow. pickups, okay. but yeah. fantasy football is an alien concept to them. That's no, not alien. They knew it existed, but they were like, what is Oh, that? Oh, okay. 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 Fair enough. And like I said, they're pretty crunchy. There are some new moms, a couple sort of normal slash crunchy. And then there was another mom was relatively new mom. Mm-hmm. who was sharing that her infant had a preference for which breast that they like to feed on. Okay, that doesn't sound that unusual. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. one of her nipples had been pierced multiple times. Okay, there's the Austin angle. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yep. Lovely people. I'm probably going to go back. Also, I learned oh, something called a Russian join, which sounds dirty. But that <laughs> that costs extra, you know, like if it yeah, lasts longer a, than an hour or something. It's, it's more expensive than the Trump special. <laughs> the Russian joint, it's a way of putting your, your yarn together. Ah, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Anyway, I good left time. the house. I'm very excited, very proud of myself. I'm happy for you, Anna. This is um, good. I met this some is good people for you. And mm-hmm. I. And they were the people. They weren't simulants or AI or anything like that. Simulants or AI. Which yes. does bring us back mm-hmm. to what we're talking about the creator. Dan, yep. why are we doing this? This was my idea. And I confess, this was because having gone to other movie theaters to watch other films. It still seems new. We still make a big deal about it because it still seems new. But this trailer was shown multiple times. And it's a good trailer. The trailer showed 
significant promise and hinted at, you know, some really... Actually, I think the trailer actually displays the strengths of the film. The weaknesses are a little more well-hidden, which is true of any decent trailer. But it was promising enough that I thought it, it merited watching. Yes, it. this trailer does showcase the strengths and also one mm. of the weaknesses, which is the terrible name, which we'll we will talk about. about. We'll talk about later. Yes, we're going to get it, to that. It's, it's a weirdly bad name for this movie. I mean, it fits. But anyway, yes, the trailer was good. Gareth Edwards, I'm not a huge Rogue One fan, but, you know, like mm-hmm. he does. He uh, Monsters is supposed to be really good. His Godzilla is supposed to be good. It's OK. Sure. You know. <laughs> Let's go for it. I'm, I'm thing, easily swayed by your recommendations, Dan. Thank you. I, the way that, I, like, and I, a lot of the reviews pointed this out, and I think it's true. The one thing Gareth Edwards does extremely well is give you a sense of scale. Like, he does really big stuff very well. Like, when the Death Star was, like, you know, rising over the planet uh, Scarif right before he destroys it and so forth. And that works to his advantage in this film as well. Yeah. Yes. And will this podcast ruin it? for people, Dan. If they listen to this podcast first, will it ruin the movie? Yeah, I think it will. You know, just, first of all, there are some plot twists. So, you know, if you care about those things, definitely go see it. If you care about things like plot and ending and like all, like, a sense of closure, sure, I guess you should so see the film. I mean, you know. Oh, pedestrian. Yeah. Also, I cannot stress A pre modernist. (laughs) Bourgeois, Anna. Like, I think that's the, yes. But I I cannot stress this enough. Go see this in a fucking theater. A lot of the film's value added comes from the the effects, which we'll talk about. Also, the sort of wide angle, the, the massive dimensions of the film. You will be more awestruck watching this in a theater. And so I would strongly recommend going to see it. But I would say that my hunch is that watching it on a smaller screen, it will go from good to not quite as good. And there are things that are worth seeing in the theater. And this is definitely one of those films that I would yeah, I think is worth seeing. I, I yeah. agree. I think the plot twists are rather, I'm not, <laughs> it's not just that I'm kind of a postmodern girl. I also think <laughs> the plot twists here are not, very surprising. I mean, one of the yeah, problems yeah, yeah, with this yeah. movie is that it's not surprising much. I think there are some surprises, but yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about this when we get the to the tropes, yeah. Dan. There's lots of yeah, familiar yeah, yeah. tropes. Yeah. But you know, it, the experience of it is one of the best movie going experiences I've had. Right. You know, in, exactly. in a while. Like yeah. where I felt like, oh, this is why we see things in theaters. Right. The way I would put it is it will not surprise me if this film racks up a fair number of technical Oscars yeah. next year. Because, and it should, I would add, because again, yeah. it is it is extremely good in terms of, of those areas. I think the performances are quite good too, but the story yeah. is so weak. That, anyway. Right. Uh, well, well, you know what? Of Before we get to the weak story, let's get to the story behind the weak story. Hmm. So, Anna, this is, I believe, the first film Gareth Edwards has made since Rogue One. And Rogue One came out like seven years ago. So what happened? <laughs> Why do you do this? <laughs> well, it's this has been a long time coming. It started production in 2019 actually oh okay yes Mm -hmm. so but one of the most interesting things about it is that after he got the go-ahead he and his producing partners decided that they were going to film the movie on location around the world Mm -hmm. and they did a a lot of location scouting and they started in asia um, vietnam Cambodia. excuse me that's new asia to you no no sorry yeah Yeah, they they that's where they started. I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to ask 
why mm-hmm. is that the place that you knew you wanted to film? It's cheap, I mm-hmm. suppose. There's, that's one way. But but they figured that it would be cheaper to film on location and all the it'd be cheaper to fly a film crew around the world mm-hmm. than it would be to build the kind of sets that he envisioned, which when you think about what he wants to do. Yeah, that's sense. legit fascinating. But also like I, the way I would put it is I can't believe he's the first one to like his vision is, as you say, it's not exactly derivative, but there are others who have similar kind of sci-fi visions. Yeah. And I'm kind of struck that he's the first one who thought, hey, you know, what if we shoot this stuff on location and then add it afterwards as opposed to creating the elaborate set in the green screen? Yeah, and, so yeah, so and I think everyone who's reviewed it, who's seen it, has pointed out how great the VFX are. And it's probably because they're it, not VFX. Yeah. I mean, they are, but like there is so much real on the screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That the VFX are easier to take. Like, my God, the robots are amazing. Like, it's oh, just, they're freaking incredible. I, I actually really did think that for, in some cases, and obviously in, in some cases we know they are, but like I, there were lots of cases where I thought these have to be human beings looking like, you know, like like they, they actually like built something to make it look like robots. But yeah. It's it, yeah, it's it's amazing. You can probably guess some of the influences to this film, Dan. Would you like to take a shot, or should I just oh, tell I you the know. ones that are surprising? Which what do you what do you want to do? Uh, tell me the ones that are surprising because let's put it this way: we'll talk about this. Apocalypse Now has to be one of yeah, the obvious yes, ones. Yes, 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 yes. You know, Blade Runner, yeah. obviously. One. Yeah, sure. Uh, here's okay. one: Rain Man. Would not have guessed that one. I also I kind I guess I don't know. There's a buddy aspect. I I I guess, but like. How do I put this? Alfie, which is the AI, yeah. is very, very different from the Dustin Hoffman character. Not, I would actually not argue, autistic. No, <laughs> I would argue that if anything, it is Joshua who is a little more off the, on the spectrum than than Alfie. Like just yeah, yeah. yeah Et, not that surprising, but no, no, that's fair. You don't yeah. hear it referenced very often, I think. Right. And then Paper Moon, also kind of on the left field, but then once you hear it, huh. I think father yeah. daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort Ryan O'Neill and Tatum O'Neill. That that's actually I kind of like that. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah. Original casting: John David Washington, who I think is amazing. I think that, like I said, I think the acting is great. Jimmy Chan, uh, originally mm-hmm. Danny McBride, who was replaced. Huh. Dan, do you know who played Drew? Was that person familiar to you? He was, but I don't know. Like, but I can't tell you why. Like, I assume he's been a character actor who's been in other stuff. But maybe I'm wrong. What's his this. name? Sturgill Sturges. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The the yeah. new wave country singer. Oh, really? Yeah, that's him. Holy crap! He was a ama- like. Okay, now I'm actually legitimately impressed because like, it's not that he was. It's not that it's not a standout role, but like that was quality acting. Like he's he's holding his own on the screen with John David Washington. And there, like it's, that, it, you know. and that role requires some reversals yeah. of uh, character, reversals of you know yeah. motivation mm-hmm. that have to be you know like carried off requ- pretty well and requ- he does it. subtle acting and he actually does that so like that that's actually legit impressive okay good. and benedict wong yeah. he was replaced by ken watanabe okay you have to say benedict wong was replaced by ken benedict wong <laughs> was replaced by ken watanabe well that'll be a seamless transition on it. that's good <laughs> i think they should keep it <laughs> okay all right fair enough Fair enough. I think people have realized that I cannot pronounce anything that has like more than four syllables in it. (laughs) More than three, I should say. Okay, all right. More than three syllables. I have a really hard time. And then, of course, Allison Janney is in it. I love her. I think she's fantastic. She 
Yeah, yeah. I've interviewed her. She is one of my favorite celebrity interviews of all time. She was like just super nice and real. Like it, mm-hmm. I can count on one hand, like the number of celebrities I've interviewed who like seem like real people. She's one of them. And then Mark Minshaka, which is, a f- I only want to mention him. He plays McBride, the character McBride. Okay. Mm-hmm. A very inside Austin thing. In Austin, we have a street that's named that. The name McBride? is spelled that way. No, <laughs> Minshaka. Oh, okay. All right. And sure. if you are from Austin, you know it's pronounced Manshack. <laughs> that was a, we're having a lot of Austin specific content. Manshack. That is the name. That is what it, and, and it's also Guadalupe. We have a Guadalupe okay. Street. Anyway, Guadalupe I am familiar with. Yes. All right. So they wanted to make a big, big movie with big set, mm-hmm. not big sets, with big, big things. And one a classic Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. So it's filmed on location. Yeah. Interestingly, it's shot on a consumer camera. Like avail or sorry, a camera that's Which you mean like a camera that you or I could buy that we don't have to shell out tremendous amounts well, of money. Well, it's still for. very it's expensive, but camera. it's it's not like one of the f- special fancy cameras that okay. usually you'd film a blockbuster on. Hmm. And that actually I'll mention how how much the movie costs in a second. They did it with a really small crew. Like mm-hmm. I said, rather than build sets, they went around and waited for natural light and filmed in natural mm-hmm. light, filmed just when they could, basically. Mm-hmm. And how much does this movie cost, Dan? It costs $80 million. Damn. That is not that expensive these days. As, no. And for a movie like this, that's rather astonishing. Like, Dune that's... is twice as much. Wow. Yeah. And Dune didn't quite. Dune has more star power, but still, that for what this looks like. No, it this does not look like a mid-budget picture. Is the way I would put it. Yeah, Yeah, and I also think because I really thought the sound design was amazing and that the music was really good. Well, it's Hans Zimmer, so yeah, yeah, that was great. Two notes on that. One is that Mm -hmm. Edwards originally intended to have an AI write the music. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, one of the things we have to talk about is. You know, it is hysterical that this is a like, you know, that one of the reasons why the writers have struck is because the role of AI is supposed to play in screenwriting. And yet it will, you know, this is might be the most pro AI film ever made and yeah. might very well will be in for, for all time. Yeah. So he, he wanted to have AI uh, generated music. And from what I gather, there was some produced, but then he changed his mind and he actually had Hans Zimmer do it rather than in the style of Hans Zimmer. That was a good decision by Gareth Edwards. Because it's really good. It's really, really good. And one of the reasons it's good is they made the unusual choice to not have the score made until they were finished with the movie. Hmm. Which, again, by the way, is one of these things that strikes me as something you would want to do. Like, I'm actually intrigued that this is considered, like, counterintuitive. Like, that's the way I would assume you'd want to do it. So I find that legitimately interesting. Yeah. And then, Dan, we have a new segment. Oh, we do? Okay. We do. Is it a sponsored segment? It is. Dan, our new segment is brought to us by the official tourism board of Cancelania. A terrible (laughs) place to visit, and you wouldn't want to live there. That is a tagline. Well Thank done. You. Okay, so I consulted the thing. official the yes. official tourism board of Cancelvania. I believe this segment covers things that either participants in the film or the film itself have done that would render some people to want to exile the product to Cancelvania. Yes, it is. It okay. often we, I I think we try to stay away from things that are truly set in Cancelvania. Right. In, in 
we su- we support some of that stuff, but mm-hmm. this one has some kind of on the edge of Cancelvania, Cancelvania border. Okay. The official trailer, I found this fascinating, included mm-hmm. real footage from the 2020 Beirut explosion. Oh, the fireworks explosion on the port. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was an accident. Oh, dear. <laughs> but it got a yeah, lot of attention. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, that's bad. Okay. And it is yeah, true, I'm... I shouldn't laugh, but they do use archival footage sometimes when putting together trailers. Mm-hmm. You, you eventually swap in something from the movie, but when you're yeah, making yeah. the trailer. And then... I feel like everyone saw this coming. It has been critiqued for the practice of techno-orientalism, which I had not heard that term before, but as soon as I read it, I was like, I know what that is. And I think it is a genuine thing to be made aware of, which is like the use of Asian stereotypes in sci-fi Mm. Probably started with Blade Runner, right? But it's a kind of a shorthand yeah. for like the loss of Western culture, probably. And like, well, I think it's the conflation of like the future, like some sort of futurist aesthetics with, for lack of a better way of putting it, exotic, right? Oriental. Right. But yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's yeah. without paying attention to the culture itself. It's just using like yeah. Asianness as a code for, you know, we no longer live in a Western dominated world. We live in this right. world that is exotic and alien. Um, mm. So, yeah. Some of the specific criticisms, I don't know. Like, I dare let me put it this way: I feel I, like that is a legitimate criticism. Like, I feel like that particular thing, I kind of get. Now, I don't know right. if it's a canceling offense, mm-hmm. but I understand. Mm-hmm. But I have a couple things. One is that what what if if a filmmaker wants to make something made set in a far future, and nation states no longer exist the way they do. Right, like you have to do. Are you supposed to just make it all white people? Yeah, this is one of the. Let me put this way. I I get the overall thrust of the criticism, but I also think you've got to have point to specific things and say this is why this is bad. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit in this film. I can sort of, but but also Edwards makes some conscious choices that. One could see as sort of techno orientalism, but I actually don't think that's what's going on. I think what he's trying to do is evoke a different kind of trope, Apocalypse Now, and and so on and so forth. And so that I'm not, I'm not sure it applies here. I guess. Yeah, I I mean, again, not being a person <laughs> of that descent, I want to be careful. But for me, mm-hmm. what I saw is some privileging of whiteness, or I should say westernness, since the one of the main characters is of course black, mm. but. I didn't think I did think that there were I mean Maya is I think a character not a full character. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, well we'll get to that as well. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that I think you could say there should be more representation mm-hmm. of the actual culture that has accepted AIs. I would tend to agree with that but I would all we'll talk about that when we talk about the plot. I mean this way I'm not sure that's a flaw related to techno orientalism as much as it's just a general flaw with the film. Yeah, it's a general flaw with like most, you know, yeah, western exactly. filmmaking, but I think yeah. that in this particular film I think it would have been helped. I if agree we had that actually had... more insight in like I'm yeah. fascinated by the Buddhist robots. I want to know yeah, more. Yeah. We could you talk, know. yeah. But I, I think ironically, this actually points to one of the dangers with doing that, though, which is, is that if you're going to get, if you're wary, I am worried about directors who are like conscious of techno orientalism and think, okay, we've got to ground this even more. But the more time you spend on this stuff, the more you put yourself at risk to some extent for these kinds of criticisms. So, 
Well, you can't a, make a, a movie, you know, no one who's trying to do representation can be perfect in it. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to I say. I think one of the, one of the reasons that people don't risk it. And I think yeah. one of the things that we who live in the place where we can make those kinds of decisions to be mm-hmm. representative there has to be a willingness to like get something quote unquote wrong a little like to make a choice like all right some of people are not going to like this yeah. and i can't do it perfectly but because i feel strongly like the representation in general and i'm going to try to do the best i can and i think that and i do think this particular movie would have done better mm-hmm. would have not done better but w- would be a would better serve its aims if it had had more characters who were in the culture <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. living alongside AIs. All right, enough of that, Dan. We can yep. we can move on. Get yes, shut the door in Cancelvania. All right, let's go to Ch- let's go let's go from Cancelvania to Russia. So mm. uh, we have to go to Chekhov's. What's it? This is the thing that often appears in the first act of a film that winds up being somewhat trenchant in the third act of the film. Anna, what do you have? I cheating. I Chekhov's Maya. I mean, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you no, know? no, no. It's it's not the. It, I, yes, we will talk about uh, that. My play by Gemma Chan, a character who really does disappear after the first thirty yeah. minutes and reappears later. Related to that, I have Chekhov's thirty seconds, which is the idea. Although of, I think that's you know, a full cortical stack for Maya. Yeah, fair enough. But right. but really, yes. Let's. You know what? Yeah. We'll let's get to the plot. Let's go, and let's, then... go, let's do the plot so people know what I meant yeah, by cortical exactly. stack. But of course, okay. you should have seen this by now. So Yes. So you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Act one, our very own Butlerian Jihad. In the year 2055. You, Dan, one thing. Yes? Whenever I hear the Butlerian Jihad, yeah. I always think of Judith Butler. <laughs> <laughs> did you go to grad school, Anna? Yeah. Did you go to grad school in English? I did go to grad school. I did. I, did. I, I was aware that you went to grad school in English. Yes, yes. Oh, Fair American enough. Studies, which is worse. American Studies. I thought, yeah, okay. the, the okay. Judith Butler and Jihad. <laughs> okay. When is you were undergoing that right now? Actually. That's Yes, exactly. Okay. In the year 2055, a rogue AI <laughs> ostensibly tasked to defend the U.S. instead sets off a nuclear device in Los Angeles, killing... Only a million people, so it's a tactical nick, I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is actually like where I started having problems because if you were to actually explode a nuclear device in the heart of Los Angeles, you'd kill way more than a million people unless it's a tactical nuke. So it's like a dirty just bomb, I guess. Out. I don't know. I, like, d- no, it wasn't because there's a huge crater. No, but there's a, yeah. Well, that could still be a, a, a dirty, but like yeah, they say say it's a nuclear device. I it, it was just a very puzzling like decision tiny to make. Nuclear device. It's really okay. small. Anywho. Itty-bitty. A decade later, AI has been banned in the West, but supported in the East. So the U.S. has declared war on the country of New Asia. We'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. To, to perhaps, eliminate. Perhaps they might not call it. Just to be very clear, that's a weird yeah. name for a country to call itself. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> if, people, if people don't realize, like, that's the problem. The problem is that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you know, they declare a war on New Asia to eliminate all AI from the world. <laughs> Our protagonist, Joshua Taylor, is living in Konang, New Asia, with his pregnant wife, Maya, and is quite possibly, Anna, the world's worst deep cover agent ever. Okay? There is a U.S. raid that is launched on like their Austin home. Austin Powers and Joshua Taylor. <laughs> right. During which... Like Joshua says very loudly into a microphone, I'm deep cover. What are you doing? Even though Maya does not know that he's an agent. 
Okay. So Maya finds out the truth about her husband at minute five of the film. She and Joshua are separated in the attack. He is evacuated while she seemingly dies in an attack from Nomad, the West Orbital Missile Platform. The West I'm coolest orbital platform ever. Yeah. I think it's pretty dope. I, I gotta say, again, like, I was stunned when he said, like, I'm deep cover very loudly. Like, yeah. it, it, that might have, like, brought me out of the film initially. That was It was pretty funny. funny. Like, she's upstairs. Anyway. She, she's upstairs. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you yeah, know yeah, I'm yeah. in deep cover. You know I'm in deep cover. Cover, cover, cover. Yeah. Okay. One thing about their house, by the way, I did love how many books there were. That was just I thought, well, the set design in general is yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, but. I like their little house. Yeah. Anyway, five years later, Colonel Howell and General Andrews inform Joshua that Maya is not dead. He agrees to go with them on a mission to find the AI leader Nimrata and destroy what U.S. Intel says is their ultimate weapon, something called Alpha O. This leads to a pretty harrowing incursion in a New Asia village in which Joshua conveniently becomes the only team member to see the weapon, a six-year-old simulant girl, in other words, a growing AI. A counterattack by New Asia forces knocks Joshua out, but the AI saves him. He calls the AI Alfie and soon realizes that she has the power to command machines close to her. Surrounded by New Asia forces, Joshua takes his wounded comrade Shipley and Alfie and heads out to find his friend Drew in a nearby city to aid in the search for Maya. Anna, we've already started talking about the issues we had with this film, but I do... I, I worry our listeners are thinking we didn't like it. I actually did like it. We should talk about the really good stuff. The special effects, the set design, as you say, outstanding. This, The way I would put it is this truly feels like a lived-in world. It has the grit. It has, you know, the, the sort of just nice touches that you don't necessarily see in a lot of stuff with green screens. And in particular, the simulants and the robots are incredibly well rendered. Yes, but speaking of well done, I have to make a correction, which is I knew this was wrong, but the guy's name is Sturgill Simpson, not Sturgis. Sturgis is a place where they oh. have motorcycle rallies, which I oh yeah on my head yeah. for some reason. So Discordians, I corrected myself. There we go. Have yeah, I, you don't have to. Pe- do people know I'm bad with names, Dan? <laughs> Watanabe. Watanabe. Yeah, Wat- Watanabe. There we go. I said it. See, when I'm not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Also, Dan, last week, the name of the movie I was in was Downsizing. Shrinking is a different show. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you're right. That was the Apple Plus show. Oh, God. I forgot about that. Okay. Both of us forgot the name of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Not good. Not good. Anyway, back to this movie. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Just, Mm -hmm. it takes you away. And it's gorgeous also, when I say gorgeous, I mean, some of it is beautiful, but also this lived in sci-fi thing, which is somehow yeah. still kind of original, although we've talked about and seen and loved other lived in sci-fi, including Star Wars, including right. Alien. Yeah. This somehow yeah. seems slightly different and, and enveloping. It's Actually, what I was trying to think, like the, another one that re- this reminded me of was Minority Report. And it's the same yeah. sort of thing where like, and, and frankly, not a lot of sci-fi films pull this off, but this is on that level where it's just a world that you kind of wanted to see more of even. I don't know if they're going to make a sequel. It would be hard they to make not. a sequel. They're not. Yeah. Which is a shame, but like, I, you, you remember how we were talking about Prospect and like those directors want to do something in the Prospect verse, as it were? Yeah. I wish someone would do something in this verse. It would Because again, stuff you was You know gorgeous. what? The mm-hmm. set design kind of reminded me of, of Prospect. Yeah, a little bit. In that yeah, yeah. it is a different kind of lived in Right. sci-fi it's a and naturalistic lived-in yeah. sci-fi 
Yeah. I don't know. So for all um, the talk about this film being derivative, I think that's the area where it really is legitimately. And I would and say the fact that it's derivative, some of it I thought was awesome. Um, the yeah. Apocalypse Now scene to Radiohead was <laughs> fantastic. I laughed out loud. Ah. Like Radiohead, Dan, get it? It's Radiohead. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe they didn't mean that joke, but yeah. I did laugh out loud. Okay, computer radio head, Dan. <laughs> okay. Was there anything you particularly liked? Again, since we're, and we'll do some of this in debris field, but I'm curious if there's any particular parts of the set design or music or whatever. That you the music liked. really did like, you know, there were just, it was, it was the right amount of music properly done. Also, I, I was going to bring this up. The opening montage kind of blew me away. Like the the role, what they were showing during the credits, where it was almost like a fifties reel of like oh, artificial yeah. intelligence. Again, I'd never seen anything like that. But like because it it felt like this like you know movie tone movie they would like you know newsreel they would show before a film, but it's about all the stuff that it's AI. So you know again, and also I think what impressed me was the degree to which they managed to do both rural and urban settings and, you know, they both felt perfectly lived in. Yeah. I, I thought the rural settings were particularly stunning. I thought mm -hmm. the, the monasteries, yeah, uh, the, yeah. especially the main monastery, the middle section act three, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, seeing like the rice patties with like these enormous machines coming through. Yeah. Which is, yes, like, I don't know, a, a warning for metaphor for the movie, I guess. But still, like, quite good. All right, Dan, you want to continue? Yeah, let's get to act two, Mr. and Mrs. Smith.ai. Joshua's car dies around the same time as his comrade Shipley. Taylor and Alfie hitch a ride to the city. They are being pursued both by New Asia forces and by Colonel Howell, who uses an interesting resurrection device to extract <laughs> Shipley's last memories to find out what the sitch is. In which, you know basically does something like downloads yeah, the brain which seems like kind of a kind of big deal technology to me yeah and like but because he's been dead for so long they can only like have 30 seconds of life yet and that by the way that whole scene was actually really well done and yeah. and i i again like something that seemed unique is the way i would put yeah. it anyway joshua finds his friend drew who used to be his handler but went native and is living with a simulant named cammy Drew tells Joshua that there's no way Maya survived the attack and that the reason the attack happened is because Intel learned that Maya was actually Nimrata after her father died. Meanwhile, New Asia forces close in on Alfie's location and raid Cammie and Drew's place. Cammie is killed by New Asia police forces while Joshua and Alfie are eventually captured by those same forces with Howell and her Lieutenant McBride in close pursuit. Alfie and Taylor continue into the darkness of New Asia. Mm. Get it, Anna? Do you get it? Get it? Mm, escape damn, down do river. They, they go down river. They go down river. I they go down see. river. You see where I I'm going see. with this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They eventually reconnect with AI soldier Haroon, who knew Taylor from when he was undercover. And Haroon tells Taylor that the nuclear strike on LA was due to a human coding error. And that if the AI wins, they don't plan to seek retribution from the West. They'll just let things be. Uh, <laughs> I can't sure. wait for the IR in this, Dan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Haroon also tells Taylor that Maya designed Alfie using a copy of their embryonic child. She apparently did this while pregnant with Taylor's child. Anna, the Maya-Taylor relationship kind of had a bunch of secrets. I mean, I'm not kidding with the Mr. and Mrs. Smith analogy. Like, it, it, both of them got into this, like, planning on doing other stuff. 
And I do want to add my frustration here. I don't know if this is so much techno-orientalism, but like this is the second film we have discussed after Don't Worry Darling, where it seems like they could have used Gemma Chan a lot more effectively and also a yeah. lot more. Like it was actually frustrating how little she was in this film. There's another actress, uh, Veronica No, I think, who plays Cammy, who I actually feel we got a better sense of her character than of yeah. Maya's. I thought the whole interlude with Drew and Cammy was really good. Yeah. You know, props to Sturgill Simpson mm-hmm. getting his name right right there. I just mm-hmm. haven't seen him very much. It's just the listening. So anyway, mm-hmm. which doesn't explain why I get his name wrong. But moving on. Yeah, there's some Apocalypse Now references in this <laughs> yes, movie. Just a little bit. Interesting choice that I have more questions about for later. And okay. I would say the hand waving goes to Hurricane Category 3. In oh, yeah. The middle, actually, the, the last two thirds of this film. It goes up. There's, it goes to Category 3. The hand waving gets even more. Yeah. Yeah. And in, yeah. in, in act, uh, yeah. In act, is the axe going, the hand waving gets more. But the coding oh, error, yeah. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> like. <laughs> It's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That seemed a, I, I, you know what that actually millions seemed? Millions and millions of people have died. It's a coding error. Yeah, we'll get to that when we talk about the IR in this Okay, film. okay. I promise, okay. I promise. And then I want to point out that Joshua's friends die pretty quick. Like, <laughs> be a friend of Joshua's. That's true. It's a fair like, point. Everyone who befriends him, like, take, you know, like, winds up exiting, you know, stage left, like, pretty quick. And then- yep. Allison Janney, just I might say her name a lot because not only is she the coolest person I've interviewed or one of the coolest, she's so good. Yes. The way I would put it is she has a small brief scene in the beginning on the helicopter coming in, going into New Asia with Joshua that like she has maybe a minute of dialogue that sort of sets her backstory. And it's absolutely crucial to the film. And she sells it to the point where she does some really bad things subsequently in the film, but you're willing to forgive her a lot, not just because she's Alice and Jenny, but because she's explained where she's coming from. And it's just incredibly well rendered. Well, it, it, it takes her from being just like boo hissed when she comes right. on screen to yeah. actually also making like, what is she going to do? There's right. in a way like because she's a layered character. Yeah. She's, we don't think of her as just being like always going to, she does a lot of bad things, but like right. we're interested in what she's doing. Right. And there are times where like, you're not sure what she's going to do. And so, yeah, like, again, this is a credit to Janie's acting. Cause yeah, that's yeah. all right. Let's get to act three uh, apocalypse pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate this. Huh? The U S army attacks the village using massive floating tanks and smaller robot propelled explosives. And by the way, this was for me, even considering the 32nd resurrection, those robot exploding devices were easily the creepiest part of the film for me. Like, I don't know why. The ones that look like garbage cans? Yeah, the ones that look like garbage cans saying it was a pleasure to serve you and then running out. I don't know why that freaked me out. It was just... The pleasure to serve you part, that I thought was suitably creepy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Alfie manages to stop some of those little explosive robots, but is then shot by McBride, who is in turn shot by Taylor. Haroon and the remaining AI forces take Taylor and Alfie to a secret redoubt where Maya is. There we learn that Maya is only technically alive. She's been on life support and hasn't regained consciousness since the raid from five years ago. The AIs can't pull the plug because hand wave. Hand wave, hand waves. Asimov's loves with robotics. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's jazz hands and hand waving. Okay, Dan, they're yeah. in a war. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. 
Okay, I I, I I thought I might go on. I thought I might have a rant, but instead, no, it's I am just, just open mouthed. I think the explanation is, is because she's Nimrata, <laughs> they can't do it. But like, again, no. that doesn't really, it's bad. It's not a good explanation. It, it, they could have said because they're monks or something. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's in a temple. Actually, again, one of my favorite set designs, set yeah. pieces in mm-hmm. the whole movie is this is this temple they have in the mountains. It could have said a lot of different things about why they can't pull the plug. But to go with because of... Because of a thing we haven't referenced before. It's not in our programming. <laughs> we can't do that. We can't harm life. What are you talking about? You know, anyway. All the shooting that we've... Okay. Basically, Haroon asked Taylor if he can do this instead. So Taylor downloads all of Maya's memories onto a cortical stack, which is a term we're borrowing from Altered Carbon, but yeah. I think there's no other way we can describe it, and then pulls the plug, which, again, this is one of these technologies that I don't okay. think they like really fully thought through the implications of well, yeah but- exactly like what that would do for ai to be able to put another person's personality in there right like yeah <laughs> anyway i'm just gonna i'll just sigh deeply and let you move on howell and the americans arrive and there's a shootout during which Harun is injured in the form of a hole in his torso but nonetheless manages to kill howell dan how much yeah. damage can these robots sustain that is another question that i have there there are it many questions on and I, I wish I had the fine. answers. Yeah. He's I, fine I, with the hole blown through him. And we also don't understand what it means for robots to die. And if humans can download a cortical stack, well, then sure. Surely the AI can do the same thing. Yes. Yes. I agree. All right. I should wait. I should not is, interrupt. I should just wait. No, it, no, no. It's entirely valid. The movie was How- very frustrating in this way. The point is, Howell and the other Americans die, and Joshua and Alfie are captured. Nomad raises the site to the ground. And now let's get to the fundamental, okay. one of the fundamental problems I had with this film, which is there is stacking the deck, and there is stacking the deck, Anna. I mean, from the very first village incursion, in which a U.S. soldier threatens to kill a puppy unless, you know, the humans reveal where the AI are. To the AI, as you say, not being responsible for the L.A. nuke. To them not being able to pull the plug on Maya. I have never seen a film like this in which it is very clear the Americans are the baddies. Like, so bad. Like, I've seen Oliver Stone Vietnam films with more nuance in their portrayals of U.S. soldiers than this film. Yeah, there are, there's Russian propaganda. <laughs> did Vladimir Putin sponsor yeah, this did, film? Did, That's did, what I'm Vladimir asking. Putin's, did Vladimir Putin's AI make this movie? There we go. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, the puppy thing is straight out of like Platoon, although Oliver Stone wouldn't have used, he went ahead and used actual people, but it is a puppy. Although yeah. I, okay, if you've, since you've already seen it, because you know, it is not actually fine. Died. And then the yeah. other dog is also, I've yeah. got no dogs. Both. No dogs were killed during the filming of there this. There are two yeah. dogs put in danger. In yeah. this film, yeah. and yeah. they both turn out fine, so that's good. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, all of the village incursion things are straight out of Oliver Stone, like straight yeah. out of Apocalypse Now, Oliver Stone. And it, if you, yeah. and, and again, I guess we'll talk about this more. It's uh, to me, it's a little weird. Like, I think the the thing that was frustrating, and this is why I appreciated Alice like it's and Gina's good, performance. But like, yeah. why are we? I why are we fighting this war, as it were? Right, what, exactly. <laughs> like, that's, I mean. I, I don't. I, maybe it's because like you're assuming that by telling everyone that a nuke destroyed Los Angeles, they're automatically going to be sympathetic with the American position. But like, there is not a drop of subtlety in making it clear that like you should be siding with or sympathizing with New Asia. So it, it's very. It, it, there's no debate in this film. There's yeah. no problem. There's no plausible argument for why the U.S. wants to like 
bar all AI. And so, I mean, within the, yeah, there just isn't. And you could have made one. I mean, you could have. Right. It wouldn't have been hard. You could have made a capitalist one. Like you could have been like, we want to enslave the AI. Like we want, we want the AI to just work for us and to work for free. Right. I thought they were going to go for like a war on terror thing. And that does seem to be what they do at first, but Mm -hmm. Weirdly, the war on terror has been portrayed with more subtlety. Yes, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, again, I'm not trying to say, hey, why didn't they make it clear that the U.S. was the good guys in this film? That's not what I want. That's not what I want. But like, what I do want is, is if you're going to justify this kind of carnage, you want to know why, you know, you at least want a semi-plausible story. And again, outside of Alice and Janney's performance, there is, it is. This just isn't done in the film. Yeah. And that's a big problem. The Marines in it seem like monsters. Yeah. Like just straight up yeah. monsters. And yeah. again, they're the monsters, Dan. They're the ones without no. human feeling. It's, it's their programming. Okay. All right. Let's close the plot off so we can talk more about the flaws. Let's close with Act 4, Mad About No Bad. Back in the States, General Andrews informs Taylor that Alfie will not let the military kill her and demands to see Taylor. The general asked Joshua to use an EMP gun to kill Alfie and furthermore to persuade Alfie to accept death. This appears to work as Taylor whispers something to Alfie, fires the gun, and she seems to die. Psych! This goes into standby mode. They escape, head to LAX, and board a shuttle to the moon. Taylor has Alfie take over the shuttle and have it land on Nomad. Taylor then takes out the guards, and Alfie makes her way to the command center to stop the final missile attacks on the remaining New Asia bases. Joshua goes on a spacewalk to put a bomb onto one of the Nomad missiles. Alfie and Taylor head back to the shuttle separately and are prevented from reuniting. Alfie finds lots of dormant AIs, including a copy of Maya, who she drags out and implants with the human Maya's memories. Alfie gets into an escape pod just before the bomb goes off. Joshua can't get into it and so launches the pod so at least Alfie will live. As Nomad explodes, Joshua gets his 30 seconds with the simulant version of Maya. Meanwhile, Alfie lands back in New Asia with the remaining bases intact and Nomad destroyed, suggesting the tide might turn in the war. Okay, Anna, I think the degree to which you think this film is great as opposed to flawed but good hinges crucially on what you think about the film's depiction of AI. And to be honest, I wasn't crazy about it. Physically, the effects are amazing. Like the the sort of robots that you see, the simulants you see, the robots are the ones that are obviously AI. The simulants have sort of human faces, but it's clear that they're AI because you can see the machine part of their heads. But the whole point of AI is to have machines do things better than what humans do. And that's not how the AI is depicted here. Instead, they seem just as emotional and as distracted as humans. I mean... You see them sleeping. I think we see them drinking. We see them doing a lot of weird shit. They are somewhat less bereft of vengeance and slightly less bloodthirsty. So better humans, but like otherwise they're humans. Am I wrong? Like it's just a bizarre rendition. Slightly better, the slightly better version of humans, but not because they don't need to eat, don't need to sleep, right? (laughs) Have perfect logic. Yeah, the things that we we like to think that you know, androids presumably would be an AI strong suit. Yes, yeah. When we think about the AIs that might take over the world, right? (laughs) Yeah. Number one, a humanoid is not the best option, right? right? I mean, if you're, we make androids humanoid for our purposes, really. Like, that's mm-hmm. not always the best shape for something. Right. And then, yeah, the drinking and the sleeping really bothered me. Like, mm-hmm. I, not because the drinking, like, I fine. I mean, it, although 
and I also understand pleasure seeking for an AI. Like I understand making something pleasurable for an AI, like an AI to have some desire to want to have fun or to want to feel good, which is Mm -hmm. why presumably they fall in love, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But specifically eating, drinking, and sleeping, those seem weird to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, where does the food go? Where does the food go? (laughs) It's just like, it's a question anyone who's had a dolly in their life, like, you know. Yeah. Is it? What happens? Is it- I think there's a shot that perfectly encapsulates how I feel about this film, which was there was like a hammock, you know, like a suspended and you see a robot sleeping in it. And it was simultaneously a really cool image. And yet the more you thought about it, the less it made any sense. And so like, that's the frustrating thing about this film. Especially in that particular scene, they're supposed to be guarding Alfie. Right. Which again, these are the worst, gu- like, you know, <laughs> Taylor might be the worst deep cover agent, but these are the worst AI ever. No wonder they are losing this war. You know, that's all I like, can say. This is, they have this child that they think of as almost a deity and right. that they need to protect. And so they all have a party, and then and come pass out. out. They're distracted, or like whatever. It it just it. So basically, is, they 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 anthropomorphize the AI way too much, and it's a problem to the point of they're like teddy bears. Like I mean, yeah. And that is my question: is that what what message is Edwards trying to send here? Do you? Think? I honest to God don't know. I mean, I'm assuming I, I don't know because I don't know what I mean besides the AI being pro is a stand AI, for. but like. Yeah. It, are you being pro AI if you take away all of the things that are threatening and true about AI? It's not even th- like you could talk about AI being, you know, useful, but like the problem is, is that I don't even think he understands why it's useful. Why, like yeah. the, the most, the most utopian vision of AI is not what you see in this film. What you see is AIs acting like human beings, acting like organics. What you see is, I feel like he's just trying to, like, he's gotten too wrapped up in his own metaphor. Yeah, you know? maybe. Yeah. Like, he makes them hum- so human that mm-hmm. it's a message more about, like, I thought we were going to get a big anti terrorism, or not anti terrorism. I mean, you like, can argue anti- there's. I thought yeah. we were going to get a big, like, anti war on terror. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, you know, this film in many ways is that. I mean, it, yeah. that, that crit- criticism is throughout, shot throughout the film, but that's kind of. I don't know if that gets us anywhere. I but guess. it's not complicated because the AIs yeah. are like such good people. They're so like, good. They literally can't kill Maya. They can't like, you know, they, they, although they, they keep shooting at the, the whatever. Yeah. They, there's, yeah. there's several firefights in this movie. Yes. <laughs> where AIs are shooting at Americans. Right. Americans totally willing to kill them, which, you know, and again, given they were, it's a war that that's what happens, but you know, just, it's very strange. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and also I wanted to say, to make Maya alive for only 30 seconds seems very cruel to me. It's well, okay. To be fair, like I assume the rule is, is that if she, if they weren't on the exploding nomad, she would have like been a simulant and gone on, but like, you know, it was right. Right. Yeah. But still, but they're on the exploding nomads. It's very, yeah. As I said, hope you had a good nap. Going to be awake for another (laughs) You're going to die in 30 seconds. I am very frustrated because like ever since Crazy Rich Asians, I've been entranced by Gemma Chan as a good performer. But like the one movie in which she was the lead is that the awful Marvel one. Oh, Eternals. Eternals. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's one of the, what I, yeah, that's a bad one. Might be the worst one. And like beyond that, 
She's been in interesting films, but but again, this is like yet another performance where I just wanted to see more of Gemma Chan because I think she's a great actress, but she's you know there's there's not yeah. enough of her in this. There's not there's they need they needed more characters to be on the side of AI in a way like right because we also don't understand why it is that a culture would incorporate AI. Gladly. Right. And this was also frustrating. Like, I, you know, we, we and how that culture seen... might be different. Right. And like, I, I, you know, visually, we see like the AI and the simulants and the humans in New Asia interacting, but we don't see we, it's literally just a surface portrait. We don't understand how their society works, which I it could have been difficult because already this is, you know, this is a film that I think was probably about 15, 20 minutes too long. But like, it, I wanted to know more about how New Asia worked. And yeah. we don't get it. You know, this this brings us to a question, Dan. Oh, really? What is it, Anna? Yeah. Is there IR in this movie? Would you like to play a game, Anna? <laughs> I call this game, make Dan try to explain the IR in this film and fail gloriously. <laughs> because, yeah, there's definitely some IR in this film. But, man, a lot of it is in Koei. Okay, so let's start with the U.S. side. Things are uneven there. So would a military or would, you know, the U.S. military rely on AI as a source of defense? Sure. Absolutely possible. One could imagine that, you know, particularly in terms of like detecting threats. That that certainly makes sense. That That's one of the things that AIs would do. Could Los Angeles have been nuked due to a coding error in an AI? No. I call bullshit on this. It's not because human coding errors are impossible, but because humans would very much insist on maximizing what those who study nuclear weapons like to call negative control, i.e. making sure that absolutely no one but the president of the United States could launch a nuke. And that's important. I feel like that explanation Mm -hmm. can only be made by someone who neither knows much about nuclear war or coding. You mean the argument that it was just a coding error? Yeah, this coding error. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They don't know how nukes work, and they don't know how coding works. (laughs) Yes, I think that's a safe statement. So yeah, like that. The whole basically the whole premise that sets off this film doesn't quite work for me. Uh, By the way, I like the interpretation that Harun was just lying. I think we should consider that possibility. That would be interesting. I was hoping that that was going to be the case. Yeah, actually, like not. I mean hoping i meant i i was like this certainly what i guess like i, I thought was it, this can't be that stupid yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it can't be that dumb okay so now that said with that with that objection would the u.s have responded with a global war on ai in response to an la nuke strike sure absolutely tracks with the response of 9-11 perfectly fair and would the u.s simultaneously have wanted to have a strategic ai reserve which is what we discover on nomad Yes, totally believable. That was fine. Had no problem with that. It's when we flip to New Asia that things really start to fall apart. So first of all, this whole New Asia concept. So, <laughs> just, so just every time we say it, I like yeah. laugh a little bit. Like I mean, this film is only set, you know, forty years in the future. Basically, I'm not entirely sure what to do with this new state. It like the idea <laughs> that like, you know. Kingdoms in Southeast Asia that have been independent for quite some time are suddenly going to agree to band together. It is a massive hand wave. It's just, it, it's a very there weird. The, 
Yeah. They seem to be in Nepal at one point, I think. Like- or it was, I thought it was Thailand most of the time. <laughs> it's Thailand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's but- just a, it's a very weird hand wave to make in a film that is only set 40 years in the future. Yeah. Because otherwise this film would be what I would call hard sci-fi. I mean, like, it's like The Expanse in that way. Yeah. But like, that just didn't make, it, it's just not credible. I'm sorry. You know, and, and that's weird. And as I said, I don't entirely understand the human slash AI slash simulant slash chimpanzee utopia that is New Asia. And I bring up chimpanzee because there is a scene in which apparently the chimpanzee can set off like a, a bomb and decides to do so. Like, ma- like the chimpanzee has agency on I'm not quite sure what the hell that was. It made me wonder about the dog that saved them earlier yeah. Like, yeah yeah like i want to know like do they have little ai things do we have a them? terraformer crossover I don't here know. like it, that's a fair question <laughs> it's just bizarre it, i think it would have made more sense if you at least saw how the humans benefit from the ai and that shouldn't have been that hard that that i think could have done and i think i it's also like, wondered if the chimpanzee yeah. was an ai it's possible yeah yeah and then finally, can we talk about the ai grand strategy for a second because it makes no fucking sense whatsoever so first of all if what Harun says is correct, they're going to win the war and yet not do anything when they win the war. It's like, okay, we won. You're destroyed. We're just going to let you go about your business. That's not how wars work. It's not how Americans work. That's, that's right. certain, but it's not how any. <laughs> that is not how any war works when someone wins. Okay, like there's going to be there's a treaty you have thing. to sign. Yeah, is there and good losers too? Losers there, are no, just no, no, like you, you can oh, be. Oh, a, you can be a gracious winner. Being a gracious winner is important. Think about the end of World War II or something like that. But like. You know, you, right. you still have to like actually set the terms. Yeah, Sorry, that's what I mean. So like, yeah. if we had done it, if we had been with Germany, we're like, all right, we f- we beat you fair and square, we beat and, you we- and now we're done. <laughs> Bye. I mean, actually, Bye. You know I mean? That's a little bit of what happened in Iraq. So like, you know how <laughs> that well true. that works. That's true. You know, you know how well that worked. But also, right. by the way, even besides that, the grand strategy for the AI war is we're going to put all our chits into a being that will take a generation to develop the necessary mastery to rule all machines. Just seems to me it's like investing in some cheap hacking would make, have been much better. Like literally the, the one thing we know about this character about Alfie is that it's going to take her some time to figure all this shit out. Generally speaking, when you fight wars, you don't do something where you're thinking, yeah, we're still going to be fighting this war 20 years from now. It just doesn't make any sense. What I thought, and a thing that the movie did not explore, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of things that like, the movie just doesn't even gesture at. It's just yeah. they're brought up in the movie and that a, a semi-intelligent viewer is going to be like, huh, I right. wonder what they're going to do with that. And then they do Because nothing. it's legitimately interesting right? stuff and yet just right. unfinished. Yes. The thing about Alfie, if she mm-hmm. has control over all machines, she would right. have control over the AIs. So yes, it is a little bit so. like inventing and having a nuclear weapon, which in which case they mm-hmm. could destroy you, mm-hmm. right? You have a weapon that is so powerful. Right. That sh- and this it's one's good. an AI. Should it want to? Should it desire to go beyond the programming that you've given? True. It? Yes, that's an excellent point. In, in other words, you're not just creating a nuclear bomb on it. You're creating a sentient nuclear bomb. Yeah. Which and is just scary as fuck. Seems scary and like yeah. Yeah. would yeah, be yeah. an interesting wrinkle in this story if what the the thing that could happen is that this all powerful deity you're making this child literally a god. Like, and what if she decides I don't like you anymore? <laughs> like, you know, then there's like that that we have several different sci-fi stories about children with all who are powerful and get their adults. That's that. Uh, oh, God. It, it's that 
Twilight Zone episode that everyone talks about the kid who like makes the adults behave in a certain way because he can disappear them mm-hmm. if they don't. Oh, right. Something on something street, I think. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we can move on. We can move on. Let's move on. And you know what? I, I have a question for you, Anna. Hmm. What is it, Dan? Is there a critique of capitalism in this film? Dan, come on. Get on board. Get on board <laughs> critiquing capitalism. It'll be fun. <laughs> like cartoons. It'll be fun. A game. Come on, it's hella fun. Dan, why don't you want to critique capitalism? <laughs> Is it because this movie is weirdly agnostic about capitalism, <laughs> even though it engages in paint by numbers, liberal left politics? Mm-hmm. Imperialism is bad. Racism is bad. War is bad. Yes. You know? I think those are some lessons we've drawn. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I think it's a missed opportunity because and I, the idea of this AI centric society with AIs being woven in, I think mm-hmm. would be theoretically could be post scarcity, right? Like you have this yeah. like unending supply of labor. Right. Like what what are the union you know rules for AIs? Like mm-hmm. why are they working? What are they getting out of this? Are they getting paid? Are they getting energy? Do they believe in capitalism? Like are they paying each other money? How is money working? Where is it coming from? Can't I they just live assume forever? it's crypto. It's crypto AI. It's AI, it, you know. Yeah. And it's like, AI Dogecoin. What, what motivates them if they do believe in capitalism? What is the definition of AI rich? And what would be the point of being rich if you were an AI? Because I think we humans, we like to do nothing. We like to be rich so we don't have to work. And we like to be rich to have stuff, right? So how what would that mean for an AI? And what would leisure look like for an AI? If an AI got wealthy enough to not have to work. Do you know what all this is is wanting me to do, Anna? I think we need to add at some point in the future, we need to do Spielberg's AI. Because actually I like, hate that movie so much. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Oh, that's interesting. But we can do it. We can do but it. I just, clear, I, the film, I just that film I just, has I just, answers I just, to your questions is all I'm saying. Like, you know, well, just pointing that out. This is true, but I just didn't like it. I don't I hated okay. it. I just felt like I don't know. I I'm not a big Haley Joel Osment fan, I guess. Like I found him I find him speaking oh, of child actors, actually. Maybe I'll say now. I am a child actor that I was not annoyed by. I thought she was amazing. Yes. The the actress is Madeline Yuna Voiles, I believe is her name, uh, who plays Fantastic. Alfie. It, she's, yes, she is extremely good. No, Knocks no it out of the park. There. I mean, yep. we haven't talked about this yet, and maybe we should move on to the debris field because, you know, yeah. wait. Oh. I said, I said it, and all of a sudden. <laughs> it is. We're in the debris field. Nomad. Oh, shit. Okay. I made it so by by saying it yep a thing that we haven't discussed is the acting and i think that john david washington and madeline univoils i think they're amazing i think they're so Mm -hmm. good they i was affected emotionally affected at the end of the movie it didn't Mm -hmm. deserve it like yeah except for the acting Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. and also there was a guy near me that was choke choking up and i think that's a testament to the acting that's yeah yeah. I mean, when you have an adorable child that you have come to feel for, and then like an actor who also has had a very credible change of, you know, a credible um, character arc, as it were, yeah. incredible character art. Mm-hmm. It, how can you not be invested? And yeah, then he you know, yeah, sacrifices yeah. himself, like even though, frankly, the final twenty minutes made oh, not a ton of sense. No made, sense. Yeah. I yeah. didn't understand, and also 
a lot of people are going to die on Nomad. Like, oh no, they all come to the escape pods, Anna. They're fine. It's, you know, it's like right. Cobra. You know, when GI yeah. Joe like destroys something, they all just got into the escape pods. There, no, no lives were lost during the destruction of Nomad. Yeah, I think the acting in general was first rate. When they there was a character to to play, when the the movie gave enough of a character, mm-hmm. everyone nailed it. I even thought McBride, who was an evil person, was well done. Yeah, and then again, Sir Gil Simpson. Yes. Okay. While we're talking about Nomad, uh, you liked it, and I did like the idea of Nomad. But the truth <laughs> is that again, this is another one where the science made no sense because that thing oh, Dan. is. That thing is not in low orbit. That thing is like maybe 10,000 feet above, you know, the earth. And so like the idea that somehow it was like this low orbital thing, I, I it just, I'm sorry. It, it didn't make any sense to me. I know. Of all the, see. I know. I, I think about a lot, but like some of this, like I'll, I'll say that it's weird that the robots eat, but for some reason like that, I'm like, eh, you know, On the other hand, whatever. I did love like the aerodynamics. Light, the laser show. The light that, that was really cool. That, that was a ridiculously cool effect. I love that. That was great. That was interesting. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What else do you have, Anna? We did not mention this because it does make a difference. And it's another thing that could have been cool, which yeah. is that Joshua has prosthetics. Yes. Well, I think part of this is because it goes completely unremarked on in the film. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm I, saying. I, like, yeah, and, yeah, and I yeah. don't mind that. And I'm right. also interested, yeah. a little interested what the disability community might have to say about this. Probably mm-hmm. not good things. But Although it's also fine from a representation standpoint, again, to just have it not be remarked on. Right. Right. But if you're making a movie about how technology aids humans. Right. And the ways that humans want to like rely on it Mm -hmm. and, and may resent it. Mm -hmm. I think there's an opportunity there. (laughs) I'm just going to say again, if to me, it felt like more deck stacking, I guess would be the way to put it. But yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, Okay. Again, another example of the great design i loved when we see like those huge like floating tanks that the u.s army has did you notice mm-hmm. the sensory font of u.s army like the font mm-hmm. of the uh, the u.s army it was like did you just say serif sans serif that's the font right like the serif i guess i've never heard S-E- it pronounced in french S-E-R-I-F. i just say I sans serif Oh, sans serif? Okay. I guess sans serif. Yeah. yeah. Sans sorry. serif. I'm going to say it like I'm that sorry. Sans is also with Saul like sans serif. Without. Well, sans means sans. without in French. Yeah, so that's like, what, and that yeah. is what. Yeah. Yes. So I said sans serif. I'm sorry. Sans, sans serif. The sans serif font, serif font, whatever. Like the point is, I don't know why. It just, it looked really good. It was really, mm-hmm. it, it worked well. Yeah. All the machinery, everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did not particularly love the weird title card thing that he they did. It was, yeah, that was a little odd. Also, there was like the thing talking about Nimrata in the left corner that I couldn't figure out why they did that. It was was, like owned by Nimrata. There was this weird thing like like it implied that the film itself was an artifact of the universe. Which was strange. But it was, it's clearly not. I guess the thing you could argue is that maybe it was kind of like the way Orwell did 1984 where the implication is, is that like, it's a novel written after the fall of the regime. Yeah, that's what but, I mean. Yeah, but and yet yeah. there's no other indication that that's the case. Yeah, I agree. That's, a, so, that's an issue. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I did like, you know, as much as I've knocked the IR, I did like in the very opening scene where like you see the general addressing the joint session of Congress when the general says, we're not at war with the people of New Asia. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. line. That that's that Someone actually paid attention to political discourse. That was a great line. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will go back to say I thought the the temples were beautiful and I like so many weird missed opportunities. This yeah. universe, like mm-hmm. I wish that we 
had just more of this universe. Basically. Right, exactly. We're on the same like, page there. Yeah. I don't even necessarily want Gareth Edwards to, to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like you were saying, not the pro- the prospect guys want to make a prospect universe. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I completely buy that robots would become Buddhists. Uh, that just yeah. tracks for me. Mm-hmm. I still want to know more about it. Right. <laughs> like, totally fair. Yes. I want to know a little bit more about their beliefs. And actually, it made me think of names I can't names Des Desmerel in Foundation. Demerzel. 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 In Foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how yeah. she is has has a religious faith. True. They True. don't do anything with that at all in season no. two. I thought they did interesting stuff with it in season one, but I would yeah. Anyway, more missed opportunities. I think that's about it for me on Debris Field. Dan, do you have anything else? Well, uh, you had pointed out, Anna, when, when I suggested this, and you have been very persistent on this point, yes. that this film is not well titled, that the title is The Creator. It's a generic title. And, and I sort of understand a little bit why they did it. But I feel about this title the same way I always feel about Soderbergh's Out of Sight, which is the most generic title for a really interesting movie. What would you want the title of this film to be? God, you know, the thing is, I I suggested that we come up with names and I'm sort of blanking. I mean, (laughs) like, what would be a good title? You could go with something like kind of a little bit generic and evocative Mm -hmm. that would be better. And I'm trying Mm -hmm. to think it would something like childhood or I guess I would (laughs) give it away. My, My title is Stand By. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad, but I'm trying to think of like some of the some of the themes that come up, and we I, we don't have to spend too much time they, on this. But you like, know what? Actually, a good title would have been Nomad, because in some ways that yeah. would have had a double meaning, and and I think actually would have worked for this. And also, yeah, given the given the apocalypse now, and like you know, Heart of Darkness sort of thing, I think it would have been good. Yeah, Heart of Darkness would have been an interesting name too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, I mean, Taken, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so I think that's it. I think. I believe so. I guess we've talked a lot about this movie, a little more than we usually talk about movies because it it just misses it. It just but just misses it. Like I th- yeah. there there's a lot that is really good in this film, which I think makes it that much more frustrating that there are obvious flaws that that could have been fixed or or needed to be fixed. And so the the the, the thing I will compliment the film on is that it's good enough to provoke a really interesting conversation, but also the film is bad enough so that see, we get frustrated easy win, you know, easy fixes. I'm not even sure it, pro- it doesn't provoke a conversation. It provokes a conversation about itself and its yeah, missed opportunities. Yeah. It doesn't provoke a conversation about like AI. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel challenged in my beliefs about no, that's AI true. That's fair. by this yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I'm willing, if, if, if AI was as human as it is in this movie, Ooh, it's boy. not much of a, yeah. it's not, it's, they'd be marching with the writers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Yes. All right. So we've gotten about done here. Yep. What do you you got? What's a pluggable? Do you got pluggable, Stan? You know what? I have started writing a new column for Chatham House. It's on their magazine called The World Today. The name of the column will be Eagle View. And so it'll be coming out bi-monthly. It's about Eagle View because it's about world politics from a decidedly American perspective. So did you name that, Dan? I can neither confirm nor deny that. Huh. Because you're so good in renaming the creator. (laughs) 
I guess we should also mention, speaking of pluggles, we should plug ourselves. Yep. There will be an ad following this outro if you are not a patron. I always think it's weird they have ads at the end of podcast. For me, I guess that's just a trap, like if you're working out or something. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we haven't mentioned the Discord very much, except to say they note that I'm bad with names. But the Discord is our probably favorite strongest reason, draw strongest reason it's, to, a, it's to a good draw to become yeah. a patron it's a great community mm-hmm. and there's something for everyone and as little as five dollars a month and as far as me mm-hmm. i am a columnist for the new republic and nbc.com i have a website dan it's at www.annamariecox.com <laughs> spelled the same pronounced, pronounced differently, differently. <laughs> I am also on Blue Sky at Anna Marie Cox. I'm also at in uh, at Instagram. I'm mm-hmm. wrong. I am at Anna Marie Cops in Instagram. There on Instagram. Go. One of those things. And I am at Dan Dresner on Blue Sky. And you know, I also have a Substack. It's called Dresner's World. You can yeah, potentially yeah, take a look at that. Good luck with that, Dan. Yeah, thank good you. Luck. <laughs> and upcoming we have Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and No One Will Save You. And until then. Keep this channel open for more.